you well acclimated to the amazing spider-man stuff yeah you didn't have to rewatch it but no i don't want to be but yes i am okay i can't really say that because it's not it's not like the worst thing like i told i just texted you it's not the worst thing on earth but dan was i just not happy oh the second one was the worst thing on earth oh, yeah, okay. the, the second hold one on, was, hold was on plenty terrible. yes but save it for the show save it for the show all right save it for your mom what the heck damn <laughs> keep that in that's where we're starting they're gonna hear yeah, you go ahead go ahead with it. that slander i'll keep it in i'll keep it in you think i won't absolute menace hello there you're listening to the box office show i'm ryan hill and i'm dylan johnson today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend we are also doing the second installment of our spider-man special where we will be talking about the andrew garfield movies and to help us do that, we have a guest on for this one. It is Sean Tormey returning yet again Ooh. to the box office show. Heck yeah. I'm glad Welcome back. back. <laughs> Thank you. To our news, we have. I'm bringing back the yay or nay speed rounds because we got like quite a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yay! To go so, I mean, you all know the rules. I tell you what happened, what's happening in Hollywood, and you tell me if you are enjoying it with a yay or if you dislike it with a nay. First mm-hmm. up, Illumination has, and Nintendo has released the voice cast for the new animated Super Mario Brothers movie. We have Chris Pratt as Mario, Charlie Nay. Day, <laughs> Nay already right off the bat. Charlie Day as Luigi. Yay! I'll give it a yay. I like Charlie Day. <laughs> Anya Taylor Joy as Peach. Yay! I guess just because you never really hear Peach talk anyway, so you know there's no like <laughs> you could cast any woman to do this role. There's there's no I mean, and I love Anya Taylor Joy, and there's just no like. It's just Chris Pratt does not sound anything like Mario. It's, it's, <laughs> give it's him a, a chance, problem. Dylan. Give him was, a chance. If it, was, if it was a live action thing, I would give it a chance. But this is just his voice. Why Why Chris Pratt's voice? You'd rather him be live action? Yes, I really I would. I would hate that. It would be hilarious. <laughs> he would be built Mario, like a giant built Mario, and then Charlie Day would be tiny behind him. It'd be hilarious. It'd be despicable. Sean, do you have, are you yay or nay with Chris Pratt? Oh, I'm yay for everything. <laughs> oh, he's on yeah, board. That's why I was waiting <laughs> for the end. Listen, it's probably not going to be that good. And that's why I'm saying yay. I want to go and just laugh at how either bad it is or just funny it is. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a hangout movie. Just go and watch how stupid it gets. Literally. Jack Black is Bowser. Okay. Which I'm very on board with for that. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. That's pretty fantastic. And Keegan Michael Key is Toad. Toad. <laughs> so this is quite the lineup they have released. The movie itself will be coming out December 2022. 
And it's possible if it's successful, we may get more Nintendo adaptations. Would y'all be fans of that or no? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, yeah, it just depends on how they go about it, really. Like, let, let's see how this one goes first. Then I'll make an opinion. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Next, Netflix has acquired the Roald Dahl story catalog, which consists of things like Charlie and Chocolate Factory, Matilda, the musical, a bunch of other things, Fantastic Mr. Fox, James and Giant Peach, all that jazz. Uh, there's already a Charlie and Chocolate Factory series at work in, with Netflix. Taika Waititi is dealing with that. Um, but now that they have this, they've got the whole catalog now, so it's likely that we're going to see more of these stories coming to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Y'all yay or nay on that? I guess yay. I mean, yeah. It, it doesn't really need to be done again, but if anyone's going to do it, I guess it'll be Netflix. I guess. Dylan took the words out of my mouth. It's like an I guess yay, but like wary of it because like I agree it doesn't really matter, but if someone were to do it, yeah, I mean, not much, right. not much else to say about that, in my opinion. A very unenthusiastic yay. What's your opinion on that, Ryan? Is that a yay or nay for you? Oh, I'm a fat nay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so that's it, Roald Dahl. No, I mean, yeah, he's fine. I just don't like Netflix adapting all the random stuff. They're probably that's not going to be that, that great. That's fair, actually. I can so, see that. They yeah. should make a documentary or like a, a biopic about this man's life. I would rather watch that than a redoing of his works. Right. I'm sure there are a few in the works. I imagine there's something going on. There should be. That man's the original James Bond. <laughs> he he slept his way through like half of Europe to gain us intel. He's a hero. Wow. What a man. What a hero. Fantastic Beasts 3 is subtitled The Secrets of Dumbledore. Yay or nay? Nay. Nay. Just kill it. Kill it fire. <laughs> I didn't even it. watch the other two. That's how nay I'm feeling about this. The first one's good. I have not seen the second one, but I know how it ends. So I say just end it. Just no more. Just let J.K. Rowling stop. Yeah. Just make her stop. Make her stop. Then, and then, the, so there's, and like for sure, not going back with Johnny Depp too. It's the new guy who is, I forgot his name. Maz sure. Mickelson. Okay. I mean... Yeah, nay. <laughs> I just don't care about it. <laughs> yeah, not. I mean, I haven't seen the other two movies. I was never really on board with the Fantastic Beast sequel thing, anyhow. Um, all right, moving on. Netflix, more Netflix stuff. They had a fan event called Tudum, Tudum, T U D U M. Oh, Tudum. Yeah, the little like the noise it makes when you turn on Netflix. Yeah. Tudum. Gross. Um, they gave a bunch of information about projects that are coming up soon to be released stranger things released a teaser for season four did y'all catch that i did not see it i'm falling a little bit off the the stranger things bandwagon well they're they're like practically adults now the kids yeah that's very much true very insane um Mm -hmm. it just took way too long for them to complete a story it's because they do a season like every two years and so they're aging a lot quicker than most kids do on tv shows exactly (laughs) so yeah they look nothing like they do in season one and the season four teaser i mean it's all right they're going to like a haunted house or something 
I don't know how that fits in with the rest of stuff. It wasn't that appealing. So, yeah, lackluster on that one. We got a release date for Cobra Kai Season 4. It is December 31st. Yay or nay? Yay. I'm going to give it a yay. I haven't watched a lot of Cobra Kai, but it's not. You got to. I know, so I know. You I must. started watching it, and I thought it was great, and then I just got busy and then forgot about it. It's and, beyond I, amazing. I hear. I remember seeing like a lot of, of the fight choreo, too, and it was very, very fun to watch. So I'll still give it a yay, that even though I haven't watched all of it yet, but yeah. Well, you got a couple months to catch up. Yeah, all Cobra right. Kai never dies. <laughs> For real. <laughs> no mercy. Uh, Co- Cowboy Bebop, the live-action adaption that they are doing is they just put out like the opening credits thing on there mm-hmm. but just the overall idea of adapting this anime to live action mm-hmm. yeah you're not uh, i have no idea i have not seen it i need I'll- to watch it because it's only literally like what 17 episodes or something yeah it's like 25 i think yeah yeah it's like super short it's i should brief. just watch it i give it a yay just because well actually hold on i just realized that netflix also did that death note movie and that was horrible <laughs> i just remembered that and willem dafoe said yes to doing that and it makes me sad but it doesn't look bad so far so i'll give it a yay but i know it's gonna switch after it comes out <laughs> i know it's gotcha. gonna switch <laughs> all right i mean if i was willem dafoe i probably would have said yes too i think the idea of someone approaching me and being like we're gonna make a live action anime just the idea is enticing enough for me to say yes interesting good or not uh, it'd be an interesting experience I suppose so. I feel like I have the opposite opinion. Also, I don't know how much thought Willem Dafoe put into going like, oh yes, an anime adaption. This will be... He just wanted to look scary. Yeah, that was probably it. They said, yo, you can look super cool. And he was like, okay. Fine. <laughs> um, Tiger King is getting a second season. What? Yes. Wait, how? What it are blows they my mind. But like, I, what are they going to do? I don't know. Apparently in the year and a half since its release they got more information or something i don't know i have no clue how they're doing it they just they just like go to the jail he's in and just record him for like a couple days that'd be that'd be worth a watch that'd be well <laughs> oh, yeah. worth a watch you see the crazy things he does whatever happened to the the nicholas cage uh dramatization of it dramatization got, of it that got canceled i think damn no longer going forward with it it would have been fantastic i would have loved watching that and next, this one's more for me. I want to see, though, if y'all have even heard of it. Babylon 5. You know what that is? I've heard of it, but never seen it. Nope, never heard of it, never seen it, yep. It's the sci-fi show that came out in the 90s that yeah. oh, essentially wait, 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 pioneered wait. the way for serialized television of, like, a hardcore story, one story unfolding over many different seasons. So, I mean, I was the pioneer in that. And it is getting a reboot with the original creator, J. Michael Stranitsky, at the helm. But it's going to be on the CW network. Uh, yes. It's going to be bad, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. So what you're saying is it's going to so be no bad. no one's going to watch it, is what you're saying. Yes. So what I you're have... saying is that they're going to do a really, really bad job. That's what you're saying? That's what I feel is going to happen. It boggles my mind that they wouldn't, if they wanted to do a reboot of it, which I don't know why they, all that needs to happen in the show is just bump up the effects. Cause I mean, it's the nineties and they did like computer technology stuff. And obviously back then it was Look revolutionary, it. but ooh, it looks terrible. 
in today's age, obviously. So they just need to remaster like the special effects and just release it that way. If they are going to do a reboot, I don't know why it's not because it's like a Warner Brothers thing. Why wouldn't they just do it for HBO Max? That way they can have their big tentpole sci-fi thing. You know, Apple TV is doing Foundation right now. Everyone's trying to get the next Game of Thrones, doing the fantasy stuff. They could counter-program with the sci-fi, take Babylon 5. Already a great story, always already legendary. Mm. Just make a new one of that with the budget and the caliber, the quality that is going to be demanded from an HBO project, even if it is on HBO Max. Why are they taking it to CW? It seems like HBO Max is focusing on a lot of dramedies right now, like dramedy Mm -hmm. shows. I know they're they're trying to turn pivot into, I guess. No, no, no. I mean, that's not going to stay, though. I think that's just initially like the easiest projects to get off the ground for HBO Max. Sure. Um, They should diversify their catalog. Or I mean, this I mean, it's so quality. This should be just an HBO, like a straight HBO thing, which obviously would be accessible on the HBO Max platform, but just make it an HBO thing. That would have been beautiful. Well, at least on the CW, we get eight seasons of nothing good. So at least we get eight seasons of it. Yeah. I mean, hey, on HBO Max, it could have just been three or four. Yeah, but it could have been good. You want that, Ryan? You want good shows? What's, what's we... better, Ryan? Three quality seasons or eight <laughs> crappy seasons of television? You you tell me. What do you prefer? What's better to you, Breaking Bad or... The or Flash. The Flash. <laughs> what, what do you like more? Be honest. Be honest. <laughs> Gee, I think I might have to go with Breaking Bad. Listen, if Walter White was running really fast, if Walter White was running really, really fast and it went on for eight seasons, I would not stop watching it. <laughs> Man. So hopefully that is not true. Or if they do do the reboot, it's on some other place. Because that would be really tragic for it to be on the CW. It's on, uh, like, what? Who? Even, the people who watch CW aren't even going to want to watch a show like Babylon 5. They're going to go, this isn't Marvel. What? This isn't, <laughs> this isn't The Flash. This isn't Arrow. Yeah, it's... This isn't The Flash. This isn't The Arrow. <laughs> quite tragic. What is this Babylon 5? Um, all right. Trailer talk. Lakers pizza. We have all seen it. This is one of your films, Dylan, in the Oscar draft. It is. I miss Soggy Bottom, though, let me tell you. That's what I'm saying. I missed <laughs> talking about the name. I think it was much catchier. But licorice pizza is what PTA wanted to call it. It's because it's sweet and savory. Wow. What did you all think of what you think of it? Looks good. I'm not as excited for it as I was when I saw the stills, but it looked good. I think I'll have a good time. It'll be fun. Wow. A very tepid response yeah. from the PTA man. It did not it did not pump my veins full of excitement. Let me tell you. But it did get me interested, and I will watch it. It wasn't the best trailer I've seen. Let me tell you that. It's no Dune trailer or Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Let me tell you. Oh, No Way Home. Sure. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Different. Not sorry, that kind sorry. of Spider-Man. It's not that show. My, my mind went a little bit away there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Sean, what was your response to it? What did you feel about it? Well, I just found out about it today because me and my roommate were big movie buffs as well, and he just... He just mentioned like about like the actors in it and like the writer and director and stuff. He's like, let's watch the trailer. Just drop. I'm like, okay. So we, we watched it. And I was, I'm actually very excited for it. I don't know a lot of the stuff going into it or like all this stuff behind it. I just know now that Bradley Cooper, Sean Penn in it and the son of Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. And I just really liked what I saw. I just, I'm, I can't say I'm like 
over the moon, like, oh my god, can't wait to go grab my popcorn and run to the closest movie theater, but I'm definitely gonna go see it. <laughs> it looks like fun. It does definitely look interesting, but I'm in agreement with you, Dylan. It didn't really catch my eye. Did not did not stun me in any significant way. Yeah, I don't know what about I think I was just expecting something along the lines of like Magnolia or Punch Dark Love or Boogie Nights where it was gonna be flashy and really bright and sort of uh not as realism and dramatically toned. As funny as it was, it was the the theming and the tone of it that they were going with what they were shooting was very much more akin to later Paul Thomas Anderson, which is I guess something I should have expected since he's still later Paul Thomas Anderson. Like he's not getting any younger. Come on guys. But <laughs> I I I I think I'll have a good time. I'll have some fun. I'll All right. I'll go out and see it and have a good time. There you go. We will now move on to the box office breakdown for the blah, weekend. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> for the weekend, we'll get a lot more dubstep later on. Don't worry. Blah, blah, blah. Um, for the weekend of September twenty fourth to twenty sixth, number one yet again, a four P is Shang Chi. No, you're not supposed to cheer him, Sean. No, you're supposed to cheer me, Sean. I'm, I'm no, winning. I'm Ryan, winning this Ryan, thing. Ryan, I'm sorry. That movie was awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> I'm winning this thing. I you swear. Are, well, currently, given that you have three movies, but <laughs> billions of dollars worth of profit. Oh yeah. What, what do you have? Jungle Cruise. Get out of here. I'm, so I'm not far. Gonna lie. I, I went to go see. Uh, when I went to go see it on that Thursday night before the Friday came out, I walked out and I said, "Dylan, Dylan's gonna about to make some fucking money. Dylan's <laughs> gonna make some fucking money, bro." <laughs> and I'm so I'm I'm very glad it was right. That was such a good movie. So how how much did it make, Ryan? How much did it make? This weekend, it made thirteen million. Uh huh. And, and 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 how? Where is it at now? Huh? Say say for me. Domestically, words. it is at two hundred million. Hell yeah. And worldwide, it is now three hundred and sixty million. Hell yeah, it is. Come on, uh, give it to me. Go on, give it to me. Which is still, I mean, that's not crazy good. It, it exceeded the low expectations we had for it for sure. But I mean, what were you hoping this thing was gonna get when you first picked it on the draft? I was hoping I, to get to near 500, 550. Which might be a little hard for it to do now that we're getting into a more of a, a heavy hitter season. But I mean, if F nine can have long legs like it did, I feel like Shang Chi might be able to hold out. We'll see. Nah, I don't think so. It's not hitting five hundred mil. I have to be hopeful. I have well, to be for <laughs> my own sanity. Um, yeah, in second place, a film that its hopes and dreams were absolutely crushed. Dear Evan Hansen. 7.5. Oh. <laughs> Boo, indeed. I haven't even got, seen it yet. It got terrible reviews. I feel like I should watch it just because yeah. of how bad the reviews <laughs> That's what I'm were. doing. That's what we're all going to do here. How, how could it be that bad? Like, it should have been mediocre at worst, and somehow it is literally an abomination to humanity, <laughs> which is so bizarre to me. Like, how could it possibly be as horrible as these critics are saying it is? So I have to watch it now. Right. Well, I think there's like multiple things. Obviously, Ben Platt looking far too old in the role. Oh, there's nothing did. wrong with a 30-year-old. No, I'm just <laughs> I mean, the makeup they put on the man just looked atrocious. Did they use de-aging stuff? Like, they should have. No. <laughs> Let me they tell should've. you. But, yeah. They could have. <laughs> 
it looks good nowadays. They they really. Ooh, I'm looking at pictures of it right now, and my god, this man looks wrinkly as hell from from a great distance as well. Like this is a shot where he is very far away on a stage, and I can count the wrinkles on his forehead. Like it's bad. I mean, not, not that, it just yeah. looks uncanny. It just doesn't look real. Like, it doesn't even look like a well, real human. I want to give my opinion about it real quick because before going into it, I know, like, they, first off, the original, like, Broadway stuff, there's, like, eight people in the show. And then, and then in this movie, they added, like, eight more characters that I don't even know had significance, but just to be in the movie. And then they also took out songs and made new ones for the movie. I'm like, <laughs> all right, now I know it's just going to be bad. Yeah. Not before even a trailer came out. I'm like, all right, well, there we go. So cool. 7.5 is just going to go even lower. Amazing. It will. 100%. After Dear Evan Hansen was Free Guy in its seventh weekend, made $4.1 That means it has made $115 million domestically and has officially surpassed Ryan's only film that is released so far, <laughs> Jungle Cruise. Sounds like somebody should have picked Free Guy. Sounds like you should have picked Free Guy since Suicide Squad's not even on this list. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and Jungle Cruise came out before Suicide Squad, and it's still on this list. Uh, it's after Candyman with 2.5 million and after Cry Mancho with 2.1 million, but it's still got 1.7 million in its, I believe, ninth weekend. So That's it cool. held on. It did what it had to do. Again, the Disney Plus thing was a tragic thing that nobody could have foreseen, and Free Guy wildly overperformed like it did really really well so uh congratulations once again to ryan reynolds he's getting so much attention from us on the box office breakdown but i mean he deserves it he's still in the top three his movie's in the top three and it's been seven weeks it's absolutely amazing. brilliant let's see free guy after Candyman, man cry macho and jungle cruise was malignant with 1.5 million cop shop had 1.2 million paw patrol had 1.1 million and on a limited release, Love Story had just under $1 million. And that is the box office breakdown for the weekend of September 24th to September 26th. Now we have our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend of October 1st to October 3rd. Of course, the big heavy hitter for this weekend is Ryan's, one of Ryan's films for his box office drafts, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Remember, the original grossed $80 million on its opening weekend. Let's factor in the fact that it is COVID times uh, and it is a sequel, so it will most likely make less, most certainly make less. Mm. So my prediction is going to be 50 to 60 million. And that's being generous. Right. Generous. generous. <laughs> so number one, as we always do, we have to do the positive manifestations. So I'm going to Go be ahead. eyeballing it. But I think 60 million for sure is guaranteed. That mofo mm -hmm. is going to get the six at least. I'm going to say 70 million, which again is very optimistic, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out there. I want 70 million. I want to see a seven in front of the box office number. Wow, Ryan, those are, uh, those are some big balls you're packing there. My God. <laughs> uh, Mr. Sean, what do you think this will get in its opening weekend? So I'm going to go based off, first off, it is a sequel. Yes. Normally those tend to do bad. But this is now a sequel that has like more recognizable faces and characters. And there's already been leaks about some, some things going to be in it. So I think there's going to be bigger turnout than we think. I actually think it's going to gross near the same as the original, like at least 
or not at least 80, but I think it'll be around there because, well, I know I'm going to go see it. Sorry, Dylan, but <laughs> I'm well, gonna I, mean, I am also going to go see it. So I'm going to be <laughs> contributing to the enemy, <laughs> but I can't help myself. I want to, to see how good and or bad it is. Yeah, I'm, I don't think it's going to be like a good movie though either i just know like i like i I have to see this like i want to know what i'm about to go into but i do think because of leaks because of like woody harrelson's in it and it's a recognizable villain that everyone actually very much enjoys and because it's still tom hardy like who doesn't like tom hardy i think i think it'll still do good and it's a crisp 97 minutes so you don't have to that's not do your whole afternoon to go watch it It just be a nice little Hey, oh, we got a couple hours to go. Let's go. Plus, because it is so short, you're actually getting more uh, show times throughout the day. So you have more opportunities to make money. So you could make money that way because it is just so damn short. But I don't think this is going to make up for the fact that it's COVID times and it's a sequel. Even though it is carnage, I'm still going to say 50 to 60 is the range I'm going to put it at. No, I I do agree with that part, Dylan. Like the COVID thing is going to be a big thing just because like I thought Suicide Squad was going to be like a big hit and then COVID and other stuff. Sorry, yeah, I, I saw it for you. I saw it for you in theaters twice. Thank you. I mean, I didn't even see it for me. Let's be honest. <laughs> I, watched it, I, I watched it on HBO Max because I was too lazy to go to the theater. So, wait, Sean, you watched it in theaters twice? Yeah, after we watched it. Yes, I did. I tried to rig it by <laughs> having Sean stay at Okay, home. well, well, it wasn't my choice, if I'm being honest. One of my friends wanted to see it, and I didn't tell myself. I said, yeah, I'll go with you. So I just went with him. And then the other time, um, I think I just went because other people wanted to. I'm like, yeah, sure. I just went just to hang out. <laughs> it's good. It's a good it's movie. Good. You yeah, see, I better I like see it. some repeat viewings for Venom, Sean. No, if it's, if it's good, <laughs> I will, but it might not be. Just one and done. <laughs> yeah. All right. The other movie, one of the other movies that's coming out this weekend is The Many Saints of Newark, which is the prequel to The Sopranos TV show. Uh, because it has so much competition this weekend and because it is a movie based on a television show that is almost 20 years old now or over 20 years old now, I'm going to put it around no more than probably eight or nine million it's also on hbo max it so is also on hbo max makes no sense to... that's where i'm gonna be watching it yeah same um i will not be watching it in you should watch the first or hbo max i know i gotta do that first um yeah i agree this under 10 million for sure may may get her only around six million because that HBO Max factor, again, I just can't yeah. see the thought process of going out to the theaters um, to watch a movie based on a show. There's some diehard Sopranos friend, fans, man. They're, oh, they're, they're diehard. They Sopranos exist. Sopranos is still some people's opinions for best TV show over like Breaking Bad and stuff. So I'm... Which is wrong, but uh, I appreciate it. I agree. The thought, it's a good show, but I agree. Breaking Bad is better. Breaking Bad is amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the last movie that's coming out this weekend that's new that could be a heavy hitter is The Addams Family 2. Uh, again you got venom and shang chi to fight against this weekend i can't see it doing better than it is the the only like family family film that's coming out that is out that's new so i'd say no more than 15 million is my guess probably closer to 10 maybe even eight i do not think it will make a big hump of cash or anything but I mean, for them to do a following, <laughs> I, I probably would at least say better than many Saints of Newark. So I'd probably say double digits at least. <laughs> I hate both of you. 
<laughs> um, you know, I agree with that assessment, Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're a big hump of cash either. Um, yeah, it's a family thing, and we've seen that it's animated, so that's done well in the pandemic. So I say it's going to get double digits. Probably going to have its ceiling around 50 million, though. Probably not going to go too much higher. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also haven't seen much advertising for it. So that may also be something that does not work in its favor. But we will report on each of these movies, and hopefully it'll be very good news for Venom. And now, on to Venom-related topics is our main topic, The Amazing Spider-Man Movies with Andrew Garfield. We are going to be talking about Andrew Garfield's performance, the villains in this, and why we do or don't like the whole thing. Uh, This is the second part of our three-part Spider-Man series. We are working chronologically backwards, so we're going to be ending on Tobey Maguire sometime in the next coming months. Uh, This is why we brought you, Sean. This is why you're here. You're here to talk about Andrew Garfield and everything that's great and whether or not you think he will be in No Way Home. We'll talk about it at at the end. We're going to talk all kinds of things. Let's start with the the first movie here. You have Mark Webb who directed 500 Days of Summer, is given the opportunity to make his own Spider-Man movie. And he, along with the powers at Sony, cast Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man and Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. Just without even seeing the movie, what were your 12-year-old thoughts on this casting? (laughs) Oh, God. 12-year-old thoughts. You're right. I mean, I just, when I was a 12-year-old, I'm like, yay, (laughs) Spider-Man. That's what Uh, I'm saying. I honestly forgot about the third one after that point, too. I still remember the first two, but then Spider-Man 3, I was like, as a kid, I was like, hey, whatever, Venom. And then this one came out, I was, I was yeah, I was 12, Jesus. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was going to be really cool because it's just Spider-Man. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, the lizard, yeah, cool, I guess. Um, I mean, yeah, as a 12 year I was excited. Uh, different opinion now, but, you know, back then was fun. And all right. Uh, for me, the casting was always sort of middle ground to the line kind of thing. As much as I love Emma Stone, I think Emma Stone is cast great. I think Emma Stone mm-hmm. is really good in the role. Andrew Garfield, it goes back and forth. I think he's giving a really good performance. I think he's doing his best. But I think everybody has the same issue, is that he's just too cool for... Thank you! (laughs) You just took the words out of my mouth. I mean... That's not Peter Parker. The man skateboarding through the halls. He's got really, really great hair. I mean, he's just a really cool dude. He did not need that serum in the slightest. He was already pretty (laughs) badass, let me tell you. What do you think, Ryan? What are your thoughts on Andrew Garfield being cast as Spider-Man? So, I mean, back in 2012, I don't think I had the awareness to yeah. have any sort of opinion on the people that were getting cast in these films. I just knew that it wasn't Toby, and I was frustrated at them rebooting it. I didn't see why they had to do it. Mm-hmm. I was hardcore Spider-Man 3 advocate back then, and I was like, I want to continue with Spider-Man 4. But that didn't happen, so I was upset going into The Amazing Spider-Man. Um I also thought, like, I just remember watching the trailers and being like, bro, the, I was just being very nitpicky and petty about me, like, oh, he looks stupid. The suit looks stupid. I want Mary Jane. The heck is this chick? Get them wow. out of here. Why is there a lizard? Why um, is there a lizard? Wow. <laughs> so, 12-year-old was, Ryan was very, very uh, frustrated, you could say. Judgmental guy. Yeah. I was upset. I wanted my Very rude individual, if you may. I don't know if that was rude, but I was like, I wanted... <laughs> 
very mean spirited and hateful <laughs> kind of child, if you if you will. Yeah. Jesus. Um so I was very not looking forward to to this one. But I do remember after watching it, I was waiting for you know how like back in the day when cable TV was a thing and not streaming services. Yes. Would, it was usually two years after it was in theaters that it would hit television for the first time. Yeah. I remember distinctly waiting for when it would do that. Um, so you could watch it again? Yeah, just so I could rewatch it again. Because it wasn't going to buy the the amazing DVD, Spider-Man. The DVD or anything like that. I did get the game, though. That was funny. I got um, the game on DS. <laughs> I, I remember I that. DS? I had what? The, what? The, DS, the DS game. It wasn't good. I had it on the Neither DS. Neither was the other one, Dylan. <laughs> Damn, that sucks. Because I remember Spider-Man 2 game from like 2000 and something. Was That's awesome. Like it was a great one, game, and then they made the Amazing Spider-Man game, and I was like, "This is shit." <laughs> yeah, it was okay. okay. I, I think the second one of the, which tracks was, the, was the movies, was was just as problematic in ways. Well, because they tried to do the whole like hero villain thing. If you didn't yeah. save people, but then they just those events just kept coming up, and so you would always have to just get sidetracked trying to not become a villain in the mm-hmm. city's eyes, and eventually you're just like, screw it. I'll just I'll be, be villain. the villain. <laughs> I'm um, evil now. But yes. So initially the Amazing Spider-Man, I was not looking forward to it. I was like, why can't we just have Toby? Mm-hmm. Um but then afterwards, after seeing it that first time as Toby wrote, I mean I was excited enough to be like, let me see this a second time. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is I never watched it that second time. When it did come amazing, on television, amazing. I just didn't end up watching it so well if it, was two years, if it was two years later by the time it came out on television you're already watching the second one yeah and so the the second time i've watched this was when you and i watched it together Dylan, i think recently. that was the second time i watched it as well i don't think i saw <laughs> it it. the first one specifically ever since i saw it in theaters i've seen the second one a couple of times so let me tell you i don't know why what were your <laughs> initial thoughts on watching the first amazing spider-man sean like when you were a child and you watched oh. it out of the theater Okay, actually, when I first watched it, it was a cool experience because I went with a bunch of friends, me and other 12-year-olds, and we mm-hmm. had the theater like 30 minutes early, so we were all just running around the theater for no reason. Because <laughs> we were all super excited to see Spider-Man. And then That's I watched amazing. it the first time, and I was just like, that was fun. And then when I matured, quote-unquote, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it wasn't fun. <laughs> I still had gotta... I saw it fun, I would say. This this past watch, I feel like the the best I can say about it was that it was a fun ride for the most part. It had fun moments. Yeah. Certainly. But overall, like just as a like as a, a like an origin story Spider-Man movie, like I wouldn't change like plot stuff. It's more just like I don't know. I, I want to think of it's like writing or well, I guess that is plot. More like directing. I don't know. It just didn't it didn't feel like I was enjoying the, it. Like when the I watched tone, it. the vibe. Yeah, the tone, the tone was weird. Like we just said, Andrew Garfield, I think, I don't think his Spider-Man was bad, but his Peter Parker, I just did not enjoy because it didn't feel like Peter Parker. Like I enjoyed he did, Andrew. He did good, like, like joke delivery in the first one as Spider-Man because the jokes yeah. were written well. When you get to the second one, they're real bad jokes. When the <sighs> first one, like the whole bit he does with the the guy who's trying to steal the car. And oh, he, like, yeah. <laughs> like that was... <laughs> Yeah, that was like that was fun. it was written well and he performs well and it's fun. Like I had a good time. He's he's definitely like a funny kind of Spider Man, but too cool to be Peter Parker, I guess. Maybe he should stop being so cool that Andrew Garfield. My God. 
Okay, Any so thoughts on the lizard now as as the main villain? Because I do have lizard. a lot of thoughts on this one. Yeah, Ryan, your take. Well, so I mean, the lizard's design is always a little like the face itself is it's just like kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. You know, way. you know, Spy Kids won those like thumb people. Yeah. Oh my god. That's just like all a I think green about one now. of those. Yeah. Yeah. Just like make grab one of those and make them green, and it's like kind of the same thing almost. Yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of unfortunate, but I do like the idea of Kurt Connors being the villain in one of the mm-hmm. films because I mean I think it is an interesting parallel to Peter. I mean this like genius person who gets this special power, but his goes awry, um, and then he goes crazy and is also a big green lizard. And Peter Parker does not turn into a big Spider-Man, but which would be um, cool. That's terrifying. Um, so again, I appreciate how they can the draw intent. the parallels between them. Yeah, and the intent mm-hmm. in this film again is um, it's solid. It's like it makes sense why he's taking the serum. He's got a missing piece of his body, and he's trying to fill that. Um, but there's also like a broader uh, purpose behind it, where he wants to like sort of make sure that people around the world don't feel like they are held back or disabled in any sort of way. Um, so, I mean, that certainly makes sense. And then, of course, it just takes over his mind and he goes crazy with it and mm-hmm. wants to turn everyone into big lizards because that is the next step in human evolution, apparently, or something. Yeah, um, lizards. big lizards. <laughs> the lizard people. Yes, they're real. So, <laughs> so that, again, I like it. But, I don't know, there are parts of it, and apparently there's been a lot of scenes with Kirk Connor that's been cut out yeah. that gave him more development, which I think would have would been have, yeah. very helpful because yeah, there is just something missing about it. Mm-hmm. There's just something that isn't spectacular with it. It's um, not amazing. No, not amazing. It's passable. It <laughs> works. It does enough, but it isn't up to the level of any of the Raimi villains, I would say. Yeah, do you think that is because of what they did in a writing standpoint and like uh in that kind of thing, or do you think this had to do with Reese Eiffel's performance, or do you think they just sort of just took away from his performance by by doing a lot of odd cutting work with his scenes? You're trying to do leading questions here, Dylan. I am. To... <laughs> I'm trying to get you to to say what you want to say, say the truth. Well, I think you're trying to get me to say what you want to say. Do you have something a bone to pick about his performance? I mean, my problem is is that they cut away from it too much. Is that they they set him up as being a good villain, and he's a good actor, and so like you'd think he would have the ability to play this out well, but because they cut away so much and because they don't capitalize on his performance as Kurt Connors enough, it's it's just detracting from the overall villain itself. They do the same thing in the second movie with the villains in that one. Oh, we'll get God. there. Are you saying, just, so are you saying cutting away from him when he's delivering lines or just not having enough like scenes in there? Where I'm saying like, he, there's not much acting being done when he's a giant lizard who has like three <laughs> his lines. His development isn't very present. Yes. So you wanted more human scenes, which yeah, yes, I think that goes 100%. back to they wrote those scenes, they shot them, but they had to edit them out. I don't know, maybe yes. that was Sony influence or whatever. Had we had those scenes in, I think mm-hmm. this issue you're describing would have been cleared up. Yes, 100%. Now, Sean, do you think the lizard, just as a character on itself, is good enough to be a main character in a full Spider-Man movie? Of, like, I, the main villain? 
I think the way they were going with it, it could have been because it's just like if they're just doing an origin story style like they did, I think mm-hmm. it's fine because like Peter just gets his powers and stuff and he's still new to it, so he doesn't have to face something too difficult, it's just a big lizard thing. So like mm-hmm. I don't think that's that bad. Plus I like the the connection of Kurt Connors scientist and same thing with uh Peter wanting to go into that, but he's also like photography and stuff at the same time. Like I I was fine with the idea execution wasn't like the best but i also Mm. wouldn't say it was done super poorly i didn't enjoy it i enjoyed Mm. watching kurt connors on screen more than the lizard half had to do with special effects the other half had to do with i can't tell if it was writing or the acting but it just like the only scene i genuinely enjoyed with the lizard was when the stan lee cameo came in they were fighting in the library (laughs) that was the only part i can say i can genuinely enjoyed watching the lizard yeah because it was just kind of he's also out of focus in that scene yeah i feel like in a way they almost were trying to do the same thing they did in the first raimi movie because they both get their power their powers and they like develop over time and you like Mm -hmm. go on a journey with them like what they're doing like peter makes his not the exact same thing as raimi but he like he makes his webs and he's fighting like dealing with lower class just like street thugs and stuff at the same time you're getting at you're getting kurt connor's pov and what's happening with him and then like halfway through the movie that's when they meet and it's kind of the same thing with spider-man one with willem dafoe's goblin and toby mcguire spider-man they yeah. both get it not the exact same time but then they develop it and yeah it's like parallels of development for the two characters yeah yeah, yeah. he's not my favorite villain going back to your question but i think mm-hmm. in this scenario it wasn't the worst option i think it was fine yeah for me i agree with you i think that if you're gonna make the lizard a main villain it should probably just be an origin story kind of thing just to set him up for any kind of future installments or things like that but i remember being a kid and watching the movie and just kind of being disappointed that the main villain was the lizard just because i don't know he was not my favorite and it's just like i feel like i will i didn't hate him enough like you you learn to despise willem dafoe's green goblin you learn to despise uh doc ock and i just feel like it was hard to hate the lizard because he's just a giant lizard, and I just couldn't take it seriously. I don't you know. It wasn't it wasn't scary enough. Hate scary giant lizards. No, no, giant <laughs> lizards are cool, bro. Let, let's be honest. Uh, it just wasn't scary enough for me. Like it was not like didn't feel like main villain energy. If that makes sense. Dylan is a lizard person confirmed. Uh, guys, <laughs> guys, guys, let, let's let's leave that out, okay? Let, let's. Uh, let's guys come on I we don't, knew it. let's let's I not knew draw it. any attention to that come on guys come on let's be serious here let's 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 okay well now i know why he hates that lizard because they depicted him wrong in the film dylan's that's what i'm saying it's just like what, what we i mean they look like i mean it's just not <laughs> not at all it's inaccurate it's offensive it's it's just completely incorrect anatomically speaking let's, let's be honest spider-man one is canceled now mm-hmm <laughs> And now the only two other main characters that were left were Sally Field as Aunt May and Martin Sheen as Uncle Ben in this movie specifically. Ryan, I know you're a big fan of Martin Sheen. Did you think he was giving a good performance here as Uncle Ben or do you prefer uh, the original Uncle Ben from the Raimi trilogy? Well, I haven't rewatched the Raimi ones yet mm-hmm. for for this series, so I can't speak in too much detail about that. But based on... I think partially through nostalgia, um, but also because I don't know that one scene where they're in the car and he's given obviously the talk. He says the words which they didn't have Martin Sheen say those words. He had to do a roundabout way of saying 
uh, with great power comes great responsibility. But I don't know, just because of that line and the way he looks, like I love Martin Sheen, obviously. Um, but there was something about the death, like the way they handled that and the Raimi ones that I think was better. Um, so I like a lot of what Martin Sheen was doing in this. Like he's honestly really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but one issue I did have was with the death scene. Mm-hmm. It just made no sense. Why did he go after the gun? He wasn't even like the man ran down the street, right? The thug <laughs> runs down the street, trips, the gun comes out of his thing. Like there wasn't any present danger. Like he wasn't threatening anybody. He just tripped and had a gun. Like what if that man, I don't know what New York's got going on with their laws, but what I mean, if my man's got concealed were... carry, he trips and drops it. Like he was far enough away. There were from people the saying, stop, store. stop. Like people I mean, were saying, sure. stop that guy. He's, he, but even then, he was running away. Like, he wasn't, he didn't. I agree, it's stupid. And you and I talked about how, like, my man didn't even rob the store at gunpoint. Like, yeah. He just, like, he had a gun, but chose not to use it during yeah. the robbery <laughs> because it would have been too difficult. Yeah. So it's just. To be I, fair, to be fair, if he showed that gun and it got caught, it would be a more serious charge, I suppose. And he was only robbing, like, a hundred bucks from this convenience store. So maybe it just wasn't worth it. If we really want to be nitpicky and try and make some kind of connection as to why he wouldn't use a gun to rob the store, but at the same time, you know, it it definitely could have been written better. I mean, yeah, that, whatever. That doesn't matter. I'm just saying it definitely didn't make sense. It wasn't worth it for Uncle Ben to try to grab this gun or tackle down this guy that he didn't even really know, didn't know what was happening. Like, he wasn't there for the full scene. Like, yeah, people were saying, oh, catch that guy. But then once you see a guy having a gun, like, it's time to let the man run away and mm-hmm. not try to escalate anything. Anyway, so that was unfortunate. Yeah. But <laughs> I did like the the like take on him being like this working class guy that really can't relate to Peter in terms of like the intellect or anything like that. So all he can really provide is like just the principles and morals, mm-hmm. values. Yeah. Um, and so I like how he does serve a really important function for Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, in the absence of his father, who is that sort mm-hmm. of scientist, intellectual side. Um, so I think that was really cool. What did you mm-hmm. think about him? Uh, I thought it was good. I really wanted your opinion on the uh, the death scene particularly, so I'm glad you gave that, because on one hand, this movie has Martin Sheen, who you love, like, absolutely. But on the other hand, the original Raimi trilogy, the whole death scene revolves around a big WWE competition. So I was like, which which <laughs> love... Which love comes first, the West Wing or WWE? Like the that's, that's the real question. <laughs> I don't think the the WWE part had any bearing on the. I mean, it sets the up the whole impact. Thing. I mean, it sets it up. Sure, it gets it gets emotion. your emotions going. It gets you heightened in excitement, and then just drops you. Also, the not my problem that is delivered in the Raimi so ones versus this on. one. That one's much better than this one. What did he yeah. say to the guy that was like? What was it? He's like, yo, homie always run. And then he goes. She says something care. stupid that wasn't not my problem. I mean, it was like in a similar vein. It was how a, much yeah, different was, can you do it? But it again, was 100% it was, very similar. It was them doing a roundabout that. way because they're like, well, we can't say the same line. And so they just. They should have, though. I would have loved it. I thought it'd be hilarious. Right? Just lean into it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. But this was definitely them trying to distinguish this Peter Parker story from the yeah. Raimi ones. Yeah, something that they do differently in these movies as opposed to the other ones is they create a whole backstory for Peter's parents, which is very interesting. What were your thoughts on that, Sean? Seeing those, because in both movies they have a very strong prequel sort of prologue sort of scenes where you have Peter's parents 
just going through the motions before they die. What What are your thoughts of tying that into the whole story? That's dumb as hell. I don't care. <laughs> I'm an Uncle Ben fan till the day I die. His parents don't matter. Come on. <laughs> Especially if you're going to do an origin story, they really don't matter. Like, just just tell the story. Don't compare it. Don't one-up anything. Tell mm. a good story if you, and especially Spider-Man, because that's like the biggest hero ever besides Batman and Superman. The parents don't matter. People aren't there for the parents. People love Uncle Ben and his connection to Peter and why Peter is such a good person because of Uncle Ben. That's the only thing they should have focused on. The parents don't matter. I remember watching that and I was like, oh, his parents, cool. Don't care. You don't even really see them again, really. Like maybe, the, do they... Do they show up in the second one too, don't they? Yeah, they have another little prologue in the beginning yeah, where you learn more too. about their death. Like, you watch them die, effectively. Yeah, good. Keep them out. At the very least, I think you watch the mother die, and I think there was supposed to be some kind of... <laughs> See, this no, is how they don't care right. about it. I don't even remember yeah. what happens with the yeah. parents. <laughs> when she gets shot, in the, in the second one they have... We'll talk about it when it comes, but the second one they're on the plane, and then she gets shot and dies. Oh, the And then plane. the plane crashes, oh. yeah. That <laughs> yeah, whole that was- thing. That was pretty dumb. Yeah. yeah. It's it it gets worse. I feel like it worked a little bit in this one, as opposed to the second one, just because you're setting up the whole connection to Kurt Connors for Spider Man. Yeah, that's fine. Which is which is nice. And then also there was something odd, because they don't explain it in this movie, but like the whole thing is that they are trying to crossbreed genetics and make a, a working way to do so, but they can't do it and nobody has figured out how to do it. Mm-hmm. But somehow Peter Parker just walks in and gets bitten by a spider and it works. And it's like, there's no explanation as to why yeah, it works for him exactly. and for nobody else. Like, even when they write down the correct, when, when Peter gives the correct equation to Kurt Connors, it still doesn't work. Like, what is so special about Peter? And I think they, they go back and they try and re-explain it in the second one by saying that no. the 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 true keys to the to the serum is encoded in... in uh, peter's dad's dna which peter has so i guess it works for peter but they don't it, it's not a good enough explanation it's just odd that it worked for peter and they don't explain it all in the movie and then the whole plot is that it doesn't work except for peter of course it's just very odd and then they try and come back and re-explain in the cycle it's just a weird thing for them to do thank god these movies failed jesus christ yeah no, right. <laughs> just tell a different this, story all right the any Final thoughts you guys want to go ahead and give about the amazing Spider-Man? The action scenes were subpar. They weren't the best to me. I didn't have a good time watching. I wasn't like super thrilled, super excited. And I just wish they had done more for Kurt Connors in terms of character development. Give Reese Iphens more opportunity to act as opposed to Mm -hmm. be a giant lizard. Uh, Because I know he can do it. He's a very good actor. I just wish they had like give him that room to breathe like they did for Willem Dafoe and for Alfred Molina in the, in the Raimi trilogy and even Michael Keaton as the vulture, you know, mm. give him more powerful scenes where he can be the villain instead of just be an, a scientist, I guess. But mm. that happens. Um, overall, not my favorite, you know, yeah, not my favorite Spider-Man movie at all. Uh, I mean, for me, I, like I said, it had fun moments. I generally did enjoy some things with it. Like, whenever he was Spider-Man, because I think Andrew did a good job being a good, like, funny Spider-Man. Like, I think that was fun most of the time he was on for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was Peter, it was just kind of cringy, and he got really emotional sometimes for some weird reason. I want to add, because this is my least favorite part about the movie, and I don't think y'all are going to see this coming, but Gwen Stacy's dad is my least favorite character in any 
superhero movie. Really? Why? Elaborate. Elaborate. I don't. What's the point of him? For him to learn morals now after Ben dies too? What do you mean? He's partially an antagonist in a way, but to Peter Parker and Spider-Man, right? So he's saying like, oh, Spider-Man's an amateur. He doesn't know what he's doing. And so Peter has to deal with that. Like, oh, if I'm trying to be a hero, why should I care about him after he dies and stuff? Like, he's just like, I just don't see the point. I will I say that, that has to do that has to do with Amazing Spider-Man Two is like caring about him after his death, and I will agree with you. The the shit they do in Spider-Man Two with him is really bad, but but I feel like the things they set up in Amazing Spider-Man One is good for the most part, like him saying "Stay away from my daughter" or like just stay and away. Doesn't he? Doesn't he like after he dies, like actually like stay away for a bit, or like does he? Yeah, there's like two scenes where he's like, "I just can't be there for you," and then the very end they he like comes late to class and the teacher's like and he's like it won't happen again the teacher's like don't make promises you can't keep and then he leans forward to Gwen. he's like but those are the best promises exactly and it's just cringe, like cringe and yeah. it's cringe i love him but jesus christ i will agree there's like a distinct cringe factor with the like stammering ooh, awkward social interactions with andrew garfield's peter compared to the other ones Mm-hmm. Like it's not as bad with the other ones. At a certain point, it does always get like, "Oh my god, you don't need to say every word twice. You don't need yeah. to stammer like every other word." Um, but yeah, it's most egregious, I think, in this one. Um, but Captain Stacy, I think, was one of the best parts of this film. No, I am shocked that you like maybe it's, the Amazing Spider-Man it's, Two is it's corrupting like when your. Ask me if I enjoyed Lizard being in an origin story thing. I'm like, it's like why would why would I care about this cop? Because like, if you asked me if I cared about him as an antagonist, I've been like, no, because I just, I just don't like the point of it. That was like the least interesting thing about this movie to me. And like, I will say his relationship with Peter, I like that he is like that antagonist father figure. Mm-hmm. But as like yeah. being that cop and like following him up when he was fighting the lizard, that was just stupid. Of course, you're going to die. Why are you going up there? Come on well, now. Because he didn't want Gwen to do it, bro. He said, I will say that the scenes are are too sparse and too short to really cement him as an antagonist. It's like Spider-Man has an action scene and then he shows up at the end and he goes, Spider-Man! And he's just like... It's he's like, like a J. Jonah copy yeah. when he's a cop. <laughs> no. It's just like, so. He's just like, he got away again. Like, this this is entire character. He shows up like 10 minutes late to every action scene and he's like, damn, he got away again. But it's like, no, there was a whole scene where like he gets away, he like stops the guy who's jacking the car and then Spider-Man gets away and he comes back he's like, there's 10 cops and you couldn't catch one guy. And then that was the entire scene. Like he just says that. New York's finest. I mean, I think that's fine. It's just like, what do you want on that scene? It's a quick little moment talking about, oh, Spider-Man's getting away. If you're just going to tell a good origin story Spider-Man and like try and make it your own, I just feel like you shouldn't try and copy previous works. And I feel like that's kind of what the the cop was. Like, I just felt like I was watching, not like Jay Jonah, but just inspiration from him and like how he acts towards Spider-Man compared to like Peter um strongly disagree i don't think so i think he was serving a different role in this story i think it's very distinct um other things i wanted to throw out there about this one is i do think it's interesting how he starts off being spider-man in a very vindictive way he wants Mm. to track down that killer i do Um, like that too and then slowly (laughs) he's sort of like with the bridge scene which i think is still great um, where he has to save the kid and reunites a kid with his father so that's a nice little element touching on Peter's, you know, feelings of dismay over the absence of his father. He's able to reunite a boy with his father. Uh, and he finally 
does something heroic, right? He's not doing it out of selfish uh, desires. He's doing it just to help other people. And so that's the first moment we see him be a hero. And he's like, yo, I'm Spider-Man. So that's the first time we hear him say that. So I thought that was great. I also thought the crane scene was great. That one still I thought it was good. Me. I thought it was great. I wish I, there was no, I don't know. I feel like this is just another me being nitpicky about show don't tell. I wish there was just, there was the guy who whose kid gets saved on the bridge when he sees Spider-Man. I wish there wasn't the line where he goes, that's the guy that saved my kid. Like it's just, I don't know, it's just nitpicky for me. <laughs> the fact uh, you remember that, right, Dylan? It, it was, I remember sitting in, it like in on the couch when we were watching it, being like, "Why does he have to say it? Why can't he just?" We we've they've done they did several close ups on this man. There's only like because eight other. There's only like five other characters. Little like children could, aren't going to be able to fuck little children. They'll watch it <laughs> when they're older. I don't care. I'm going to consuming this content. Other people aren't going to remember. All the faces, so they got to remind them. They got to just okay. Now you're just like, assuming oh, that the audience is stupid. Okay, no, I'm saying it's down, probably very down, likely down. that people would have forgotten like who exactly it is. Maybe they could have pieced it together, but you know what ensured that they did piece it together? But him the saying, dialogue. Oh, he saved my boy. It could yeah. have been at least done better than him just saying, no. well, "That's the guy that saved my kid." I think that's the guy. <laughs> that's the that's guy very nitpicky. I think it's fine. It's the uh, way he said it, and it was the line itself. It could have been a lot more subtle, if you ask me. It was too. It felt like it did to to the credit of the movie. It did feel like a line from a comic book that just got lifted and put right in to, <laughs> to the credit of the fact that it is a comic book movie. That is something you would see like on the panel is a guy and he's watching TV. He goes, that's the guy that saved my kid. And then he gets up and leaves. <laughs> that's a very comic booky kind of dialogue you might see. But but I don't like it in the movie. Gotcha. Really okay. quick before we transition, I actually have one question because I'm just genuinely curious what y'all think of it. Yes. So because I don't I haven't read a lot of super Spider-Man comics or anything like that. I just know how he is about his identity and stuff. I'm just genuinely curious how you felt about when he gave the kid the mask and said, like, put this on, it'll be stronger. Like, did you oh, I like that? Okay. I just didn't I've Great heard people that don't like it because he's like, he's showing his identity to a kid. And I'm like, it's dumb. a kid. He doesn't know his name. It's that or the kid dies. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's that. Also, earlier he was like beating people up, going in alleys, trying to take down criminals without any mask and that's like why he says oh i need to put on the mask it 100 percent makes sense that he would when there's just a kid who number one's not gonna be able to identify him like what and number two it's in a situation where he needs the kid to feel brave and start climbing up so yeah 100 percent makes sense that he would be like okay hey just take this mask and uh oh it'll make you brave come on start climbing up like that was a great moment mm -hmm. okay one other final thing before we give our rating <laughs> yes the suit ahead. The suit. What do y'all think of the suit? I um, actually kind of liked it. Oh my like god, it was, Dylan. <laughs> That's just because it was. It's just like it's not because it's like amazing or anything, but it's different. Like they actually <laughs> yeah. did something different than what the Raimi Spider Man did, and then what later with Tom Holland. Like they've been distinct enough to where I've enjoyed it, and I like that it was different than anything you might see in the comic books. Like it's like whenever they reboot Spider-Man in the comics, they give him a new suit with some changes to it. It's the same thing here. You know, we have a new Spider-Man. It's Andrew Garfield give us something new and this was new and it fit it did fit the tone they were trying to give out even though i'm not a fan of that tone it did fit it very well so i i am a fan of andrew garfield's suit in this movie not yes. so much the second movie that's crazy because most people would say the opposite they love the second one more and this one far less it's I the second one 
It's because the second one is the actual Amazing Spider-Man suit. Like they just copied it straight off the print, which I don't like. Like why are you so basic? They have to have have something good in that movie, Dylan. They have to have something good in that movie. Ah, no. (laughs) No, they they don't need anything to be good for that movie. They should just let it be the burning pit of trash that it is. We'll get (laughs) there. Go ahead, Ryan. About your thoughts on the suit. Initially, when I was first like looking at the movie, again, back like 12 years old, I despised the suit. I thought it was ugly. Thought it was mm-hmm. atrocious. Since then, it's crazy. I think it's so good. I think it's ridiculously good. Like the design. It's slimming. It. Let me say that it is very slimming. Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Are you talking it's about? Uh, no, it's just like I've seen. I've seen Tom Holland Spider Man, and I've seen Tobey Maguire Spider Man. They're just like normal buff dudes in, in Spider Man suits. Well, they're both. Andrew, but not Tom Holland though. Very Tom Holland, slimming. Doesn't have that. It's because he's short, though. The fact that he's short yeah. makes it a little bit less slimming on him. Andrew Garfield is a very tall person. Yeah, he's and a the tall suit, Spider-Man. like the the lines that they draw on the suit are also very straight and very. Yes, like, but that's what Spider Man itself is also very long and very straight, and so that combined with this, this man's actual like six foot height makes it very slender looking. It just looks so, good. which I like. because so Spider Man is a slender dude. Looks incredible. Anyway, and I, I just want to see your thoughts on the suit. Yeah. Which was very controversial when it came out. Okay. Better than the black suit. Sorry. How many star tattoos on the left wrist out of five? Uh, ooh. Come on, I'm going to give man. it three. Three out of five. Sean? Three out of five, Dylan? Wait, what? Three. what's your... Why yeah, are you wait, shocked? What? That's, that's just like an Is average basic score. Yeah, it's that's like, a, like a eight, two and a half, two. Well, which one? Two and a half or two. It's crucial. If I wasn't to, if I wasn't going to compare it to others, I'd give it a two. But comparing it to others, I'd give it a two and a half. Because I, like I said, there's fun moments, and I didn't like. I didn't. I honestly don't hate that movie. I think I honestly mm-hmm. might even like it better than Spider Man Three. But also, I don't like Spider Man Three at all. So right. I'll go two and a half. I another chance. I'm going to give it a three. Dylan, you and I talked hey, about how wavelength. We, we like reverted to the mean where you initially were like, Oh, that movie sucks. And then you're like, yeah, when I was a kid, yeah, when I was a kid, I was like, this was a terrible movie. And then nowadays, like, like for the longest time for the last 10 years, almost, I thought it was a terrible movie. Then we rewatched it. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm liking it just a little bit more than I originally liked it. And you liked it just a bit less. So our expectations kind of met right in the middle, which is almost complete opposite too. Cause I loved it as a kid and now rewatching, I just don't enjoy it that much at all. Mm. Good moments, not not my favorite. It's it's. Yeah. I mean, it's it's worth a watch. It's not amazing, yeah. but it's pretty good. It's like fairly good. Yeah, right. the good the good Spider Man, not the amazing. Now we can move on to the cinematic <laughs> masterpiece that is the Amazing Spider Man Two. Of course. Now here's here's the interesting interesting thing about this movie. Like the cast has stayed intact, the director is still there, but in terms of the writing team, I think there was only one holdover from the original writing team for the first Amazing Spider Man. Everyone else, there's been a whole shift around with a bunch of new people. The Amazing Spider-Man was written by like three different Oscar-winning screenwriters. Like, not even kidding you. Nominated or winning. They were like big-time screenwriters. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 was written by the guys who did Star Trek. The the remake of Star Trek. The one with... uh, uh, Chris Pond. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Star Trek was good. This is not an example of their best work, though. Let me tell you. It's true. I mean, I feel like it is just the perfect storm kind of bad movie. Like you have a whole new writing team coming on who has seen the original movie is trying to replicate that tone. 
as well as explain certain plot holes from the first movie, and as well as writing in a bunch of silly bad dialogue. And you also have Mark Webb, who's trying to step it up and trying to create a bunch more villains that will be cool, but at the same time unique in the same way that his first movie was a little bit more unique as compared to the comics. But also he's bending the knee to the comic book lords and changing a lot of things to be more comic book accurate, which is funny because so much of it isn't. So I don't know what he was thinking, changing the costume. He's like, yeah, you guys are right. I'll, I'll relent. Uh, he can have the original costume, but I'm going to make the rhino a giant metal bitch. Uh, uh. <laughs> can we, can we ever just, go look just... like a good five minutes to talk about rhino? Because I have a oh, lot to say about that. It's just so bad. But he just he changes a bunch of things and it comes out for the worst because of it. But he also bends the knee in a lot of ways to make things more comic book accurate in a bad way because they're the things that I thought worked well as being unique in the first movie. And I just feel and then Sony is probably also getting their claws in on this thing to try and set up the rest of their universe and being like, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this in the same way that Marvel does, but in a bad way, because as we know, nothing panned out from this movie ever, 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 ever until maybe No Way Home. We'll see. But it's just, it is just the perfect storm of terribleness. Like, just the atrocious writing. The atrocious writing. The dialogue. Just just for some examples, let me hit you with a few of them. <laughs> let, me, let, me just, let me just give you a few. Everything uh, else about, a spider can. Yeah. Including how about, you. <laughs> how about, um, don't you know? I'm Electro. I'm Electro. <laughs> Hold genius, on, I love that genius. line. That line is hilarious. That line's That's so horrible. funny. He better stay in the way home. Horrible. I'm not watching that movie. Oh my god. I'm just kidding. It'd be horrible. <laughs> horrible, horrible line. Just disgusting. The disgusting. whole the whole idea of Electro being a fanboy turned bad is just a bad trope that should just die with that movie and we should never see it again because i absolutely hate it and it makes me want to vomit syndrome it's the only time it's been good it's the only <laughs> time it's been good it's the only single time and then everybody's tried to copy it and they have not done it well enough yeah okay very much true can't think of any you other examples know, but i'm electro <laughs> It has happened, I swear. But this is this is probably the worst example of how it's just gone wrong in a very, very bad way. Don't you know? I'm electro. It's just... <laughs> Sean's just going to keep so, repeating that. It's so funny. It is, oh my it God. is funny. That should, have been, that should have been a Spider-Man quip, not an electro quip. Oh, oh uh, I lost my mind if Spider-Man said that. It's bad, dude. Dude, Spider-Man called him Sparky a couple times. That, okay, that... That makes sense, though. It that makes sense, but something That's about like it comic doesn't book work stuff too. Like that, that makes sense. Well, like it, it, them works, though, it works in the context that that's something Spider-Man would say, but something about it just seemed off in the movie. Mm -hmm. I think the first time he says it is when they do Times Square, which it is fine then because that's he's they're trying to play that off for a lot of laughs that scene. But then at the very end, right, he says it right before Gwen Stacy dies, and I'm like, way to way to undercut the tension you're trying to create in this scene. Because it's not right knows. before, but yeah. yeah, it's pretty damn close. It's in the battle, which was a little much. Like he was like, "I'm gonna become a god." And he's like, "A god named Sparkles." Like, I yeah. mean, come on. It was a little. The man just took down the entire power grid in New York. I think you can be a little serious here. I think he's earned the title of God. <laughs> god Sparkles. I do. I want to say one good thing, one bad thing about Electra, though. Yeah, go for it. In this movie, I think out of the three air quotes three villains they had quote unquote really just two 
I do think Jamie Foxx did the best performance out of the three of them. Oh, of course. Even if the writing was god awful, <laughs> and I didn't know he was Electro at the time. I just love that line. Sorry. Um, but I I'm do Electro. think the origin of how he became Electro is the dumbest fucking oh, thing. Dude, he just gets there. bit by a bunch of eels. Yeah, he, he falls goes... in. He falls into the. He falls into the electro. The electric eel pit, and he just dies and turns into an elect like an electricity blue a, person yeah. which also makes me mad as it when i watched that what was it 2014 right yeah yes. so i was 14 at the time i was so mad it wasn't the starfish head i was so <laughs> upset that it was not i am the exact same camp as you i remember when they showed the pictures of it before the movie came out i'm like it was it was like <laughs> it was like the the scene in breaking bad when walt comes into the to the rv and he says why are you blue? It was no, the no. exact. It was the exact reaction. <laughs> I that did I had. ask when I saw the first picture. Jamie Fox said, "Why is why is the third member of the Blue Man Group wearing a hoodie in Spider Man?" I'm so confused. I did not uh, like the blue. I'm I, glad. I think they're taking that back if, for No Way are. Home. I think he's just going to be yellow and green again, which I think is a much better choice because the blue just did not work. It just I, first off the CGI looked bad, and I don't mm-hmm. think it worked. I disagree. I think oh, the Doctor wow. Manhattan look was fine. It makes sense, but you can't have them have the big old right? electricity starfish. Dude, head the CGI thing. looks so it just looks bad. ridiculous. Dude, Jamie Fox looked like he got bit by a bee on every part of his body. It looked like he swelled <laughs> up a bit. It looked bad. He looked swollen <laughs> all over like, his body. Bro, all those electrons flying around. Of course, he's gonna look a little bloated, bro. You think I want chubby Jamie Fox running around <laughs> chasing Spider Man? That is not my desire. Jimmy Fox is a sexy man, and they made him ugly. Bro, that he's is flying around. He was hardly getting in a, redemption. It's okay. a corporeal form. He, bro. he better. This is this is another example of kind of why I didn't like the lizard because they're doing the same thing here, where they have a really great actor playing a really great character that could be really great, and because of the way they follow through on it, it just falls flat a little bit. And I just wish they had a bit of a redemption. Which is why I'm glad that Jamie Foxx is going to be in No Way Home, which is, which is why I kind of hope the Lizard is also in No Way Home, just so Reese I mean, can get his comeuppance as what he deserves is, is a better role. Seems like it so far, at least. I, I really hope it? so. You don't know. He's he's earned uh, uh, another chance to prove. Yeah, redemption. He's earned it, certainly. But Jamie Foxx just really bad. So to, to just go through the parts that are absolutely terrible let's start with harry osborne and dane dehan oh. i mean <laughs> oof. goblin serum. this this is probably the worst part of the movie for me is harry osborne stuff it's just genuinely poorly written it's just a bad character and dane poor dane dehan yet again is just he's not giving the best performance and i don't think it's his fault but my god is he i think he's miscast for the role and i think he just they should have done something different i mean his hair looks terrible his his performance is terrible. His his dialogue is terrible, and the story they wrote for that character is terrible. So I think he yet again is another villain in this series of movies that has just been dealt a shit hand right out the gate for his performance. Like I just don't think there was any way he could have done any better. Like it was just a real bad. He didn't even look like it's the perfect storm. Is the best way I could describe it. It's just a real bad combination of elements there. Um. Yeah, not great. Not not, not great. great at all. I thought it was also ridiculous how Norman Osborn, sixty something years old or whatever, is dying of the curse, and then he says, "Harry, it starts at your age," which is convenient. But then also, Harry starts Very getting convenient. wrecked by that immediately. 
He said, <laughs> he just covered in all kinds of warts. He's like, I'm dying. It's like, what happened? We saw in the video when uh, Richard Parker was with Norman in the video, he looked fine. Like, Norman looked I, I, fine. So, he, like, what was he had he... a cane, so he was in like the developmental process of this seemingly slow disease taking over his body. Yeah, and so Harry Osborne, <laughs> three scenes later, is <laughs> just crawling his and vomiting and dying. Him. He's just like, <laughs> his dad's built different, man. Come on, apparently, like, so wow, bad. that was that was rough. I also don't, it didn't make any sense why Peter wouldn't like it, kind of makes sense why I wouldn't want to give him his blood, but you would think like you would try and be like okay let's figure out a way to do something like he just said initially he was like eh, no then he shows up as spidey to say no and this is before he even learned like officially that oh it's only his blood that works with the cross breeding genetic whatever was going on yeah so he was just like being a bad friend here like he could have given him some reassurance or been like yo let's try to figure this out together that didn't make sense it also didn't make sense that harry after spider-man has proven right and he gets messed up, turns into a crackhead with the goblin serum. When that happens, now he's mad at Peter slash Spider-Man. Why? He goes out to kill him, to kill Gwen. Why? It makes no sense. He got messed up because he got essentially the blood or the venom that Spider-Man got. It messed him up. It destroyed him. And now he's mad about it. It, The same thing would have happened if if Spider-Man gave him his blood. All that happened is Spider-Man stalled the process of harry doing that to himself it just yeah. made no sense why did he go out and try to kill spider-man very poor very poor writing indeed i mean you could chop you could chalk it up to he's crazy now and but so still, is his like, perspective what? is warped but even even the writing for the original spider-man movie with willem dafoe's green goblin even though he's crazy the reasons he's crazy make sense like there is a one plus one equals two sort of flow with his thought process even though he's a madman like you can see it happen but in this one it is very much peter you're there it's time for Gwen stacy to die (laughs) yeah not great i also think it's a weird thing but compared to the raimi and the holland uh films i don't know i got a holland instead of john watts some respect to the director but um the reveals of like the villains finding out that Spider-Man and Peter Parker, I think are much better in those films compared to these ones. They yeah. just feel lackluster and weird. And like, obviously the Vulture one, like when he's putting that together in the car, the oh, tension in that scene is just beautiful. It's incredible. Also, like there are these amazing emotional climactic moments in the Raimi ones as well. Like when uh, Dr. Octopus finds out that, oh, it's Peter. And then that like helps snap him back into, oh, mm-hmm. I need to stop hurting these people and doing this stuff. Um, he's able to take back over the control of the uh, the tentacles. Like, that stuff is great. And these ones, they just feel so lackluster whenever the villains put it together. Like, mm-hmm. when the lizard found out from the the camera that said property of Peter Parker on it, like yeah. that was just ridiculous. And then this one as well, it was kind of absurd how they find out, like, how Harry puts it together. And he again, just sees like, Gwen and then sees Spider-Man and he's like, ah, he's there like, it is. oh, it's Peter. Even then, now you know that's like your friend. And it, once again, he helped you by not turning you into this weird goblin thing you are now by not giving you the blood. Why is your immediate reaction to, yes, now it will destroy this kid's life? It just makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it does not, it, it does not compute. 
Anyway, another big element in the story is Peter and Gwen's relationship as an on-again, off-again kind of element, which is is born out of Captain Stacy's hallucinations within Peter's mind, which are terrible, by the way. It's literally the same shot over and over again, I swear. I think they just had Dennis Leary standing from a green screen, and then they just inserted him in every single one. Like, I swear, it's the same exact shot standing the same exact way. It might have just been reused from the first movie, if I'm being honest. They might have just taken a shot from the first one, <laughs> cut him out of it, and then just stuck him in the background. I'm sure they got great. him. I'm sure he wanted to. I would have liked this movie it's, a lot more. I swear it's the exact same shot. Like, you look at it, he's making the exact same face. Even in the car, you could you could fake that. You could have a person so sit funny. in the car and then just swap the faces with his face on the other person. And you could just fake it. He's making the same face in every one. And it's just bad. Like, it's a bad plot device already that he just sees the hallucinations of of captain stacy this Dude. person he's known for he knew for like what two weeks before he died and like <laughs> yeah it's it's haunting and whatnot but he, he does not see ben once like let's be honest i feel Thank like you. ben would be somebody he would have a hallucination about first like let's get our priorities straight peter <laughs> i guess he's not guilty anymore about correct about ben's death but right. i mean i feel like that was resolved well, a lot more quick there, there was a wasn't there a deleted scene in Maze Spider-Man Two with Ben That's or his possible. dad or was it his dad? It was either his dad or it was with Uncle Ben. It was his dad. Oh, that yeah. even, see that sucks even more then. Yeah. I didn't put it in. I'm good. Um, I mean I don't know. I think the Peter and Gwen part to me that's the best part of this film is their relationship stuff. I thought initially I was like, oh god, they're gonna do this on again, off again thing, but I thought it was well done, which kind of makes sense given that Mark Webb. You know, his roots are in the rom-com stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense that when it comes to these characters in a romantic relationship, he's pretty solid at that. I do think it's weird. Like, there's a lot of Spider-Man being kind of stalkerish in these things. Yeah. Like, when he's following yeah, Gwen, which I'm like, um, kind of strange. But for the most part, I do think this relationship, like, especially that one scene in the where she's, like, about to go up to Oxford and whatnot, um, that and then later when they're on the bridge, and then initially the breakup scene, which again, I thought initially I was going to be like, oh my God, I forgot about that stuff completely. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so stupid. But I thought the way that they like interwove them, not being able to be apart from each mm. other, like I thought that was pretty good. Again, even though Peter being wishy-washy about it was somewhat frustrating. Um, it was interesting that he did choose to be like, all right, I'm going to follow you to Oxford. He was going to try to become a Spider-Man in England. Yeah, I like that they had that kind of push and pull because it gave Captain Stacy's death a lot more meaning from the first movie. And I enjoyed that because at the end of the first movie, he just kind of kind of just walks back on the promise and that's the end of it. But the fact that they committed (laughs) to the idea of it being wishy-washy is a good idea because it just gives it more meaning. I just don't like the idea of creating the Captain Stacy hallucinations. I just feel like that's fair. It's too hammy like it's too cartoonish the fact it's it's the fact that it's the same shot every damn time it really is <laughs> we have to it's go the back same i swear he has the same the exact face I, I swear to god i swear to god and it's we're gonna do a, a, I rewatch it yeah yeah we're gonna do a scene by scene comparison just to see to, i don't think to. it is there's no way it is but if it would be really that'd be hilarious funny. if it actually was it just it really could have been done better <laughs> he says i'm only showing up for one scene so i could be there one gotta, day on set like, oh you got me <laughs> multiple shots you better copy and paste this bro yeah but then this sets up of course the death of gwen stacy which is one of the most famous parts of the spider-man comics because it was so dark and so shocking that something would happen to such a main character did you guys like the way they followed through on gwen stacy's death 
Absolutely. I thought this was the best part of this film. I thought it was really well handled. Again, the whole like goblin fight was very brief and quick. And it's like, this man's only in it just to kill Peter or to kill Gwen. Um, but I thought the way they set it up, like when they're in the gears of the clock and he's holding on to her, but then it's about to, you know, with the gears turning, it's about to sever that the web that's holding on to her. So he's trying to stop it, but that's also the web that's choking out Harry, which is preventing him from killing Peter. Like I thought that was good. And then the whole fall, the slow-mo, the music, the spider web thing reaching the out spider like a hand. That's the web yeah. going out for him. A little cheesy, but cute. Um, kind of very cheesy. But I yeah. did like the snap. Bro, it was hardcore. It I remember, was. I remember being a kid I, and being shocked. I remember yes, being like, that was, oh, I wasn't shocked. I was laughing. Insane. I felt bad. As a Bro, comic chunk. book fan, <laughs> I was satisfied with how, they, like, well, as I a person who, happen. yeah, of well, course. We like, all like, knew, but you're going to laugh when the snap happens. I was I mean, a 14 year old, Ryan. <laughs> I guess, but Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I was like, remember being 14 and walking in and being like, as a fan of the comic books, as a fan of how they told the story, Gwen Stacy better die. And I was like, I was like, I will be upset if she doesn't die. And when she did die in that movie, I was very satisfied. I was like, good. Wow. They, they, <laughs> it, it's, it's just true. As a person who is a fan of the comics, I was a fan of the fact that they did were brave enough to kill off such a main character for Spider-Man's well, development. Good. I was like satisfied that they went that far. I am unfor- I am upset that they there was no big follow-through for for Peter to have like a third movie, for Andrew Garfield to have a third movie and to have right. that sort of Wait. emotional Hold on emotional sort of setup that they were doing there for what a third movie could have been and i feel like it was a waste to do gwen stacy here when they didn't get that follow through i want to talk about that like at the end of this film though because there's there's been a resurface of the plot to spider-man amazing spider-man 3 i really want to hear what you all have to say about it i don't know if oh, you've seen it you could just tell us now yeah right now that? okay so i found it and it's it's a true thing too so the plot of amazing spider-man 3 pretty much is that peter is grieving over gwen's death and he was going to use his blood to revive her. And he does it with multiple people. And because of that, he fights like new people. For some reason, hold on. This makes no sense, though. Spider-Man. One of the villains is going to be Mysterio. Don't no. know why. Don't know mm. how that works. But that, like, the main plot is that he uses his blood to try and revive people, and it doesn't work. And Mysterio, and there's another person. I don't know who. I forgot who it was. But they were going to be the villains. I'm like, what? What? Good <laughs> bad. Peter Parker can do anything. He can revive people with his own blood. That's awesome. That does sound like something they would do in the comics that people would be disappointed by. They'd be like, why did you try to bring her back? You didn't you ever follow through. It's like one of those things that people are nitpicking mm-hmm. about in comics. So like, it, it's not surprising they try to do that. I mean, they have, they're going at it at the same mindset as someone who would write the comics would do. Is They're like, we killed this character too quick. Let's bring him back. So it's not surprising that they would go that route. Now, one one of the final things I want to bring up is what did you guys think in the final battle between Electro when Spider-Man, when Spider-Man gets hit and he's bouncing between the poles and it plays the Electro's theme. What did you, <laughs> what did you think about that? Did you think that that was necessary? Uh, obviously not. I obviously not necessary. <laughs> it was very poor, poorly done, takes me out of it and makes me very upset that they would even try something so stupid. I'm trying to remind you that he's Electro, man. Come on. Because don't you know? Don't you don't know? Don't you know? <laughs> I'm Electro. Yeah, that's not great. I did think in the Times Square when they had the his theme playing, the whole enemy that thing, cool. had the like, voices yeah. in the background. I thought that was cool. Yeah, of course. And I don't think I responded to that well in the first viewing of it when I saw it back in 2014. 
but I there's, thought that was cool. It has grown on me over time. A lot of slow mo in this movie. If you look there back is. and read, like, there is. and it's kind of on. At like when you first see it, it's like fine, but it's just so unnecessary. Like it's nah. trying to, it's trying to like build it up. And it's like, like I think, I think that, yeah, I, I guess like the Gwen Stacy one and the the Electro one. Like I don't think those were bad, but I think there was another one that I just didn't understand why they did it. Unless I'm just thinking of something else. But I think like, it might have been a silly one, but I can't remember. Yeah that one i have not seen Amazing spider-man in a long time but yeah i do remember it enough to not like it so mm-hmm. i i feel like that like the just the general plot points that are presented are typically good like you have spider-man is there and he's fighting a villain and then he graduates high school and then he's wishy-washy with gwen and then you introduce electro electro becomes electro and he goes to times square like i like the idea of him going to times square this, this beacon of electricity in the middle of of new york and having that be the introduction to electro and then like like they work and then it starts to cripple halfway through when you introduce harry osborne and then the plot points get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and then it just devolves into something that just doesn't make sense and is hard to watch because of how just bad it is i i feel like the idea of harry osborne and electro being friends because nobody else wants to be their friends was bad dialogue choices they're just like, lonely, man. <laughs> it's just silly stuff that I'm just not a fan of. Now no, you I thought that was an okay idea of them trying to draw parallels between them. Yeah, and... yeah, but the way they went about it was bad. You're sure. lonely, I'm lonely. Let's. He said, "Yeah, I know." That was like, essentially the dialogue. He's like, he's like, I had a friend betray me once too. Let's go, let's go take back my company. I like how it's the same friend too. Like, like it is. One's talking about Spider Man, one's talking about Peter Parker, also Spider Man. Yeah. So dumb. Very silly. Now, you wanted to talk about Rhino for a second, Sean, before oh we wrap God. up. What a way to make every single person on planet Earth mad at you. What the hell was that? Oh. oh. That I don't care how long he was on screen for. I've never been more disappointed in my entire life. When I saw Rhino, I, I left. And I know it was like kind of like an after credits kind of thing. But it was, the way yeah. I saw Rhino, I, I just was like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. It was even, very upsetting care. to see. It was just such a bad idea. Like like the the fact that he, he literally agreed to change so many things in order to appease so many comic book people. And then to take this route with Rhino is hugely disappointing like it just looks really really bad and also paul giamatti is just not cast well in that role (laughs) so it's just very very bad like his dialogue is bad his his performance is way too over the top way way too over the top and i just just doesn't work at all not at all it just doesn't look good really disappointing okay anybody have any final thoughts i do have some one of which is a couple stupid things one, too many people sit around at the barricades when massive fights are taking place. Yeah, 100%. And the cops yeah. do not shoo them it's away. Workers, man. Like, that's insane. Like, the whole Times Square thing, which is crazy that a bunch of people didn't die when all those billboards and advertisement things were coming down. That's what I'm saying. Because all of Times Square. Crowded around there. Yeah, and then at the end of it, they shoot him with water, and Spider-Man's wearing a firefighter hat. He's like, all right, we did it, as Times Square is in shambles. Um, that was a little. Uh, it, it definitely like it ruined the effect that like the powerful effect they were trying to do with Electro by destroying all of Times Square, and the Spider Man just wets him with a hose, and they're done with it. Like it just it downplays that whole scene so much. Yes. It's such a bummer because the idea of him just going in and destroying all of Times Square is super cool. Like it's a cool mm-hmm. way to introduce him, 
and then they just downplay it, which is right. And then the other thing, which is dealing with the whole parents plot plot line, Peter Parker parent plot line, where we get to see the whole plane crash and whatever. But when he's trying to figure out what happened to his parents, and he's creating that like big diagram on his wall, and they play the "For You" song. Oh yeah. For you. you, I hate that you remember for that. You. It's so because I was just I didn't remember from the 2014 movie oh, when that happened, so and I was my jaw dropped when I saw that that happened because it, it just yeah, makes no sense. It's the worst like decision, one of the worst music choices <laughs> so I've bad. ever seen in my life. I can't believe that. It looked like a parody. That's like something you'd find on YouTube where they just throw songs over scenes that it doesn't make sense for, yeah, and the tones don't match at all. I can't believe that was actually in a movie, and they let that happen. That was absurd. So the, that's my final piece. Also, Andrew Garfield acted so well in that scene with the Gwen Stacy thing when oh, he was yeah. sobbing there. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, he's, he's a incredible. good actor, you know. That was just he's so good. Like it was the best Peter Parker. In my that's opinion. true. But that was yeah, a yeah. soul crushing scene, having to see him pout like that. All right. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? I, w- I do want to say something positive about it is that I genuinely enjoyed the relationships that Andrew as Peter made with people. Like I do enjoy the Gwen Stacy one a bit, even if Peter's still Andrew Peter's a bit cringy. But and I also like the one he made with uh 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 what's his name John- Jamie Foxx's character before Electra. Like I genuinely like that. Like he was like an inspiration to him and all this, and then then they just kind of mess it up. But I like the I like the idea they're going with it. Mm-hmm. and maybe it's just because harry was chosen bad or written bad but i love a harry peter like relationship <laughs> what now <laughs> you like, you like <laughs> a harry <laughs> peter <laughs> harry osborne and peter parker relationship that they just messed up but i i was gonna i was very excited for it it was kind of let down but i don't think it again it was like the worst thing so i, I do want to say i enjoyed the relationships that were being built even if they fell off kind of bad yeah I think, okay, I think I know, I have two points that I want to make and then we can close it out. The first one is, I think I know why I dislike this Electro story a lot more than I very much enjoy the Syndrome storyline is because in Incredibles, I mean, Syndrome is is treated like shit by Mr. Incredible and that's what inspires him to be a villain is that like this person Mm -hmm. who he looks up to so much literally just treats him like shit because he's just so frustrated by him. And in this movie... Spider-Man is nothing but nice to like, like the worst you can say about him that he's a little bit uh, uh, preoccupied at any moment where he's interacting with Jamie Foxx's Electro, but he's perfectly nice to this mm-hmm. character. And he just gets upset because Electro literally steals his, or Spider-Man steals his thunder, like steals his spotlight. And it's like, it's so stupid. Like, like he just wants to be seen, I guess, but I mean, well, yeah, it's stupid. I agree with you, Dylan, but I do think, when you first like see Electro be- become like that villain when he's out there in Times Square, it kind of makes sense because everyone sees him as like a freak and that's what he's tired of. And then for yeah, Spider Man yeah. to be there and kind of the the way of, of the way I kind of like back you up on it is like Spider Man was kind of kind of just telling like, hey, you just need to calm down. We'll work this out. And he just freaks out for no reason just because the mm-hmm. people. That's pretty annoying. But I do also think I understand where he's coming from because he does want to be seen, but he's seen just as this. So, you know, it's just the the person that Jamie Foxx is before he becomes Electro is completely different than the character after he becomes Electro. Like, it's just 
a very different performance and a very differently written character. Well, for the performance, sure. But you do see that one moment when he's getting talked to by BJ Novak and or it was him, right? At that yeah, point, yeah, yeah. where he just says something schmucky to him. And then you see like a daydream of Jamie Foxx, like, which was stupid, by the way, that taking is it a horrible scene. Well, it's not a great scene, but I mean, that's indicating that there's clearly um, a level of that's just like, not rage, enough, though. Just to rage do one little scene surface. where he's angry, it's just not enough because the I rest of the time he's enough. just a dork. No, I mean, sure. Well, it shows again, like, we see a lot that he has these feelings of isolation and not being seen, not being appreciated. And then we also see this one scene where rage comes out. And you can also make the leap, like, again, with the lizard thing, like, oh, mate, and Harry Osborne, like, maybe the powers are influencing that and just making I'm so the worst tired of making leaps. <laughs> Most with these movies making Don't you it know i'm electric god dang it <laughs> no making it more intense so that could be part of why i mean i agree the characterization is not that great but i mean they they did the minimal amount of effort like they threw the things in there yeah sure it's, it's the not, minimum is not enough sure it's not as good as like obviously the syndrome thing but i mean they put the stuff in there it just isn't entirely well executed not enough all right how many dubstep spiders out of five brian i'm giving it a two. Sean. One point five. Didn't enjoy it. Jesus. Sorry. Uh, I, I wanted to. I just I just vicious. This, this, I had too many problems with it as a Spider Man fan. If I was just going as a movie critic, I'd give it a two. But as a Spider Man fan, I'm giving it a one point five. Sorry. Yeah. Uh real quick, I do remember that I said I had two thoughts, I only gave one. The last thought was that <laughs> the, the the one compliment I can give this series is that the 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 web swinging where he's swinging through the city oh, is done very sure. well. It's done it, very well. I was like thinking the, about too. I the think first perspective things they do, like it's it's very clear. You can see it very well. It looks really good. I think they do web swinging really, really good in these movies. A hundred percent. A one point six. Yeah, I think like especially compared to the Tom Holland Spider Man ones, like yeah, the swinging in that I can't remember seeing that like sticks out as great swinging. I mm. can for the Ramies and definitely can for the Garfield ones. They yeah, did these a ones great, great job making swinging look great. Especially the yeah. ones in the Ramies because those just look weird. He, yeah, like, they do kind of look weird. Some there are some spots where it just doesn't work very yeah. well. We'll get there in a couple months when we do the, the Raimi show. Yeah. But but there's some these, that also are these ones nail good. swinging pretty good for mm-hmm. sure. All right, I will officially say two out of five dubstep spiders for the Amazing Spider-Man two. Just not good enough. Didn't hit the didn't hit the marks. But there was enough in there to where I could watch it again and at least enjoy how bad it is. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Our movie of the week is Venom from 2018. And that's all we're going to say about the movie. <laughs> Just Eminem's Venom. Eminem and Venom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the sequel's coming out this weekend. Go watch the original Venom. We think or you'll don't. have it. You really uh, don't. I don't even know if you need to. You <laughs> probably don't need to, but just worth a watch as bad as i'd say like any of these ones are but it's Mm -hmm. very enjoyable it's so stupid and over the top you just can't help but give yourself over to it and just have a good time the lobster scene you love that so much you love (laughs) it so much it's so it's the only scene i remember (laughs) i I know it is i don't remember anything about the movie either but i just remember not liking it i actually remember quite a bit about the movie just none of the actors names i'm not gonna lie Mm. Like I got a villain name, right? Like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that is all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at theboxoffishow at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. 
We would like to give a special shout out to Sean Tomey for sitting down with us and talking to us about the Spider Man movies. Yeah. Thank you so much. Don't uh, you know? Everybody watch the Amazing Spider Man movies. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say it too, but I didn't want to cut God. on Dylan. I didn't want to cut on Dylan. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> Go check out the Amazing Spider-Man movies if you want to watch them, I guess. Sure. Uh, watch the original Venom for our movie of the week and then go watch Venom. Let there be carnage this weekend. Uh, have a great week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Dylan's supporting Ryan's uh, box office draft. Oh, you're right. Don't go watch Venom. Don't go no, watch, go watch Venom. it. You already heard it. Turn off the episode. Oh, yeah. You heard it. You, heard you, it. you, 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 don't, you don't want to watch it. It's going to be terrible. I mean, if you've seen the first one, you know exactly what the second one's going to be. There will be just, just skip it. multiple lobsters in the second one. There will be literally, no lobsters. You, there will be zero. Woody Harrelson better have says, some. and I quote, don't you know I'm carnage? Don't say God dang it. it. I mean, I mean, <laughs> if he does, then, then I would recommend people go see it. <laughs> That would be worth losing this whole thing. Just for everybody to go see Woody Harrelson say that line would be amazing. You know, Incredible. Venom too. If, if he says it, I'm calling one of you right away. I mean, like, guys. Venom 2 has amassed $2 billion in its opening weekend because <laughs> Woody Harrelson says, don't you know. People are going into the theater I'm, with I'm posters garnished. saying, don't you know. Ryan, I'm garnished. Ryan, Ryan instantly wins the box office draft off of one quote. <laughs> amazing all right be sure to tune in next week we love you all goodbye